It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Get ready for success. Leadership Strategies for Women is a show dedicated to providing practical and valuable strategies for emerging women leaders of today. It's your time to get inspired, motivated, and challenged to achieve your vision for success. And now, here's leadership speaker and coach, Ellie Nieves. This is the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast, and I'm your host, Ellie Nieves. I'm the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, where I develop seminars and webinars to help high-achieving women show up, speak up, and step up in their careers. To learn more, please visit my website at leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com, or you can follow the Leadership Strategies for Women page on Facebook. Global burnout is at an all-time high. Certainly, the added pressure of remote work and the uncertainty of COVID-19 just adds to it. However, there are steps that leaders can take to minimize the flames. Here to talk to us about going from burnout to being fired up is Eileen McDar. Eileen is the CEO of the Resiliency Group. She's an internationally recognized keynote speaker, master facilitator, and award-winning author with expertise in resiliency and leadership. The British research firm, The Global Gurus International, ranks her in the top five of 30 communication masters worldwide. Her articles have appeared in countless publications, and two of her books have been awarded national recognition, including the Ben Franklin Gold Award. Eileen recently released her seventh book, Burnout to Breakthrough, Building Resilience to Refuel, Recharge, and Reclaim What Matters. She's a runner, a weightlifter, and a lover of all things dark chocolate. Eileen, welcome to the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast. Thank you, Ella, and thank you for that lovely introduction. And just bring on the dark chocolate and we can rock. (laughs) (laughs) Eileen, let's just jump right into it. What made you decide to write your book, Building Resilience to Refuel, Recharge, and Reclaim What Matters? I've been been fascinated with the field of resiliency literally for decades. and I, uh, I have a very de- different definition than everyone else who writes about resilience, which they keep saying is bounce back, bounce back, bounce back. I didn't know that's not right. Um, human beings don't bounce back. There's no going back. It's resiliency is about growing through. It's all about growth. How do I grow through challenge or opportunity so I get better on the other side? And what allows me to grow is really energy management. Do I have the emotional, mental, physical hardiness, the energy to keep on keeping on? Well, if I use energy as the basis of resiliency, burnout is the absence of energy. It is where your your resources are depleted. Uh, In fact, Herbert Freudenberger gave us the definition uh, back in the mid-1970s of burnout, where he said it is to exhaust one's resources by excessively striving to reach some unrealistic expectation 
imposed upon by yourself or by society. So it's all about this depletion. And the reason that I wanted to write this book was um, over the last, I would say the last three years, four years, when I'd be asked to speak about resilience, it was in the context of burnout. Help us. You know, everybody's working so hard. And then when the World Health Organization in May of last year finally declared it, I mean, put it on their, their list of occupational hazards or disease list, although they didn't call it a disease, as, as a global pandemic, if you will, I thought, okay, there, I need to write this book. Um, and literally the month before I created the proposal, I was, um, I was keynoting for about 5,000 pharmacists, American Pharmaceutical Association. And when 5,000 pharmacists stand for a topic that's overcoming burnout with resilience, they're not standing for me, Ellie. They were standing because they finally saw it oh, there is something I can do about this. And that was really the impetus. So I turned the manuscript in in December. Here we are now in September. Well, it was one thing in December and two months later, the world radically changed. So this issue of burnout now has a deeper, almost darker um, cast to it because of COVID-19. So if more companies were to embrace this, this concept, this idea of burnout and resilience, what changes would you expect to see in the business landscape? Okay. Well, first off, I don't believe you can lead anybody unless you lead yourself. So it's, it's got to be, it's like a DNA molecule, you know, where the, where the molecule intertwines, you got to take care of yourself, you got to take care of the the organization, you got to take care of yourself, you got to take care of the organization. So I'm not too sure you can... You can separate them, but I, I can tell you specifically what, what drives employees into feeling overwhelmed and exhausted. So if I mention those for, because we're talking about leadership strategies, my challenge would be to the people who are listening to say, oh my gosh, do we do this? Oh, do we do that? So let me give you what are, um, what are some of the more prominent things that I think can push people into burnout. Now, let me backtrack. Because many of us are still working in a remote environment, that adds a whole different complexion to this, Ellie. The home that was the place where, oh, if I could only work from home, just one day a week, it would be great. Now people are going, oh, no, don't make me work from home. Because now it's like crazy because our homes were not made as the place to work. And um, so I think that's one of the things we first have to say, what do we do? for ourselves, which is creating that space in the home and for leaders to realize that they can't just close the door necessarily with the kids. They're trying to do schooling for the kids over here because uh, it's a virtual reality. They got a dog that needs to go walk because you know the people who would come in the house to maybe do housekeeping, they're not gonna be there. Um, you're sharing the kitchen table with your best beloved. Um, and so we're finding that people are working even harder being at home. So one of the first questions I think leaders have to ask themselves are, are we creating unrealistic expectations for, for our, our staff? And that, Ellie, is a question that requires courage to ask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it requires courage on the part of the employee to answer. Right. 
because I think what happens when we are apart from each other, because nobody can see me, I feel like, okay, I just, I have to prove myself. I have to do, I have to do all of these things. And I don't want to be the one that throws down the, the, the flag and say, well, what's this stop out of bounds at five o'clock I'm stopping. So first and foremost, it's going to start with some communication, some honest communication on the leadership side and in the employee side. And one, one of the first things is, are these unrealistic expectations? Mm-hmm. So what's the uh, most common misconception when it comes to burnout? The misconception? Yes. Um, well, I related on a leadership side? Yes. Okay, well, I think one of the first misconceptions is, well, we have wellness programs. We have an EAP there. We've taken care of it. It's just fine. Well, no. What that is, is what that does is look at this here. There's this, this outside of the organization. Just go take a wellness program and you'll be fine. Oh, we have smoking cessation. Just that'll be fine. Go talk to somebody at EAP, 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 excuse me. And the reality is, so that's the misconception. That's why I say we have to get back to say, how is it, what is it that we are doing as an organization, as an organizational culture that is fueling this burnout? So, so one of the things is creating these unrealistic expectations. Here's another one. It's the absence of feedback, which um, even when we, we were in our offices, we didn't always get feedback. But now that we are working remotely, we have no clue. Am I, am, I, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I hitting the targets? Um, tell me, you know, tell me what it is that I'm, that I'm doing that can, that, can be, that can be getting in my way. Um, I actually took some, took some notes here of things that I wanted to talk to you about. And of course, they are hiding on my desk. Mm-hmm. Um, here's some later behaviors that lead to burnout. Shaming blaming and intimidation. And if you think about that, this again requires courage from on the part of a leader to say, what I've said might be shaming. It's blaming, intimidation. Unfortunately, these are the three behaviors that we see represented at the highest levels of government right now of dysfunctional behavior. That's not a political statement. That is an observational statement as an organi- somebody involved in an organization. Um, here's another one that can lead to burnout. Coddling, coddling an employee because they're too valuable to fire, but they are absolutely dysfunctional and need to go. And I've seen that in law firms. Oh, we can't get, well, we can't get rid of Ellie. She's our, um, what do you call it? The rainmaker. She's our rainmaker, but she's a jerk. She's horrible to everybody else. So people feel, again, no matter what I do, I'm never going to be good. And they tolerate, they tolerate that behavior. Here's another thing that leads to burnout is chronic restructuring. So in this crazy world, one minute I'm, my position is over here. No, we're going to restructure. No, we're going to try it over here. Oh, no, no, wait, we're going to do it over here. So it's, it's um, restructuring du jour. You know, what day is it? And we're going to try it someplace else. And when people are in an uncertain external environment, what we seek is the certainty of where we are. Does this make sense? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 
So, so this is really interesting because you've pointed out both, you know, the leader, the company, the employee. So at what point in someone's career would you think that they would most benefit from a book like yours? Well, can I say at every point? It, first off, burnout, I believe, is not a one-time thing because it is driven by events. It is driven by the people around us. Um, I think I think one of the big things for individuals is denial. To say, no, 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 I'm no, I can do this. I'm no, I'm just fine. Every case study that I have in my book, Ellie, when we began the conversation, they were in denial about what they were unconsciously or unconsciously putting in their life that created this, this realm of, of exhaustion. And the excuses in their heads were things like, I'm a first generation and I have to work this way. Uh, I was the, uh, I have to make my father proud. Um, I was the first one who got out of college. Uh, well, if I work just, if, if I work these three jobs, I can do, I can go, I don't know, buy the whatever it was. And so the intensity with which they worked was driven by, and here's Freudenberger's definition, unrealistic expectations that they are trying to live up to what somebody else did. And they were denying what was happening to them. And in every case, it wasn't until something physically cracked or a relationship cracked that they stood back and said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. So what I have in the book, Ellie, is that to go from burnout to breakthrough, the center step is breakout. I can't get to breakthrough unless I break out. So what the book does is the, the book takes them through a process where, wait a minute, let me think, what could I potentially be doing this to me? Because until I break out and say, oh, wait, oh, that could be, that could be me, then what are the steps that I can break through so I can get to a place where I have the energy and the reserve? That's great. So what are some of the challenges that you faced getting ahead in your career? You're very successful. You've attained a lot of accolades. What are some of the challenges that you faced to get ahead in your own career? Well, I'll tell you, the, the first burnout I had resulted in my first book. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, um, I had moved out to California. I had gone through a divorce. Um, I probably had, I think I had maybe a thousand dollars in the bank and what fit in the back of my Camaro. If you ever see the back of a Camaro, you know, there's not a lot in it. And I, um, my first job was with, uh, a national healthcare company handling corporate communications for them for with, which was both industrial relations as well as with, with hospitals. It was one of the most dysfunctional organizations I have ever experienced. The vice president who managed our department literally would scream at people that she demanded that we could not eat in the cafeteria with the rest of the employees because we were at him in her department. Um, on one of our projects, uh, she, she said that we didn't have the respect of the of her senior, you know, the, her senior executives, and we need we needed to do stuff to, so that they would know how valuable we were. And I had come up with an idea for a trade show that they're going to have a trade show booth, and 
I won't tell you the name of the company, um, but this was back in the days when if you had a camera, it was a canister of film. I don't know if you remember it, you would pull out the film and you'd put it in the camera. Well, my idea was to say XYZ company turns hospital negatives into positive. And that I collected all these little canisters and that the invitation was on these rolls what looked like tape. Well, another one of the senior VPs came in while she had five of us in her office. And he said, oh, Marjorie, that's just brilliant what you did. And she said, yes, I was really, I was really proud of myself when I thought of that. And I sat there with my mouth open. And I said, after he walked out, I said, that was not your idea. And she screamed at me. She said, how dare you? Well, that was the time I knew, Ellie, that I couldn't, I was exhausting. I was going home crying. She wasn't going home crying. She was going home to a bigger house than I had, doing a bigger car than I did. And I thought, this is really dysfunctional. And I am, I am spending all of this energy feeling frazzled, and I don't care. So I left that and went into another organization, which was a PR firm. And I handled primarily their multinational clients. And the amount of work was overwhelming and the demands. Um, and what I realized here was another thing that can prompt you into burnout is that I realized I was trying to work and make this again, a dysfunctional owner happy. And the truth of the matter is I didn't like what I was doing. I didn't care. I didn't care if some CEO got his picture on the cover of Time Magazine. So I felt like I was, I, I was spinning my wheels and spending energy at something that didn't matter. And my husband and I, I married after I came out here. Um, we had just married with hardly anything between us. And within, I would say, two weeks of getting married. And I adopted his three kids. We had three kids, too. I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw myself standing at the edge of a cliff and I heard this voice. I heard this voice, Ellie say, jump, I'll catch you. I know this sounds fair, but I, that's what I heard. And I punched him awake and I said, I'm quitting. And he said, what are you gonna do? I said, I don't know, but I cannot do this. And both of those experiences, um, let me see what burnout felt like in different places. One was the organization. The other one was my own expectation that I was supposed to work this way and you, you don't deserve to be doing work that you think is meaningful. And um, that's when I wrote my first book called Work for a Living and Still Be Free to Live. Um, and it was way before anybody was even talking about these issues. So I was ahead of my times. But, um, that's great. So, so all of these experiences um, have all been teachers. So when I write, I'm writing for me to understand. So if I can say, what is, what is the lesson here for me? Then maybe what it is is a lesson for somebody else. So I'm, I've always been looking at ways, number one, to make a contribution. That is my why. Uh, I'm, I'm here to make a contribution in the uh, in helping individuals bring the best of who they are within the world. Um, and how can I do that by finding finding better ways to help create conversations that matter and connections that count? And so when I become clear on that, the clearer you can become on your why, 
how and what, what do you do? That also helps you, I think, grow your quote business. What do you think? Eileen, I'm anxious to hear what's next for you. You've you've accomplished so much already. You're you're clearly helping people to get through very difficult, challenging times, especially now during COVID. What what else are you going to bless us with? What's next for you? Um, Well, you know, every phase brings new things. And I don't know whether this is a blessing or a curse. (laughs) But I am, because of this book, I've been giving like you generously offered to have an interview with me. I've been doing a lot of video interviews, a lot of podcast interviews, um, writing articles, uh, sending those out, but also learning this new virtual world of connecting. And I, I am very much, uh, I want to hug you. I want to shake your hand. You know, I want us to sit and laugh over coffee or lunch or whatever. And so this is a stretch for me to learn how to do this. Um, I have uh, an external microphone. I have a a C920 Logitech thing. I got two ring lights. I'm I'm trying to figure out, you know, how how to do this stuff. So what I am doing when you say what's next, and I just actually just sent this out. Uh, I am giving a keynote in Kenya to HR directors, but it's virtual. Nice. And because of the time difference, um, I had to record it. But I've never done that before. So you you think about this, you're recording something, but you can't see anybody's reaction. You, I, now I, I, I mean, humor depends on other people laughing, not just me. Um, and uh, so I'm waiting to find out from the person who's organizing this, okay, did you get it? Did it come down? Because I'm supposed to do this a week from Friday. And I will come by, excuse me, at 6.30 in the morning, I'll come live if they ever send me the link. So then I can talk to the people and we can answer, I can answer questions or anything. So I think what's next for me is learning a new modality to be, to be present and helpful to people. That's wonderful. So how can our listeners get a copy of your book? <gasps> well, strange that you would ask that. First off, it is available on Amazon. Uh, you can get both the trade paper, you can get digital, and um, the uh, the uh, auditory, the audible uh, is there. And I have to say, the woman that that I retained to do the the um, audio edition did an absolutely brilliant job. I, I'm really pleased when I listened to that. So you can go to Amazon if you can spell my name. You can get that. You can also go to my website. We do have it on my website, which is. I'm sure you'll show my name. So it's EileenMcDar.com. And you just go where it says store. In fact, I think on the homepage, it kind of pops up that way. And we are constantly um, trying to our very best to constantly update it with new resources that I find. Here's an article you might like. Uh, Here's an assessment you might like. Um, I'm not as good as I would like to be in updating that resource, but we'll continue to do that. That's wonderful. Eileen, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to our listeners and our viewers about going from burnout to being fired up. You've been a tremendous guest. Thank you. Thank you, Ellie, so much. To all of our listeners and viewers, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, God bless.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.